KTOO, welcome to Juno Afternoon, broadcasting live from the homelands of the Aquan and on demand as a podcast. It's Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. I'm your host, Boston Christopher Gunnachish. Hawa Salamat for joining the conversation. On today's show, after an appearance at the Anchorage Folk Festival, the Irish band I Draw Slow is in Juno for three sold out shows at the Goldtown Nickelodeon tonight and tomorrow. We'll chat with and hear the band live in studio. The Juno Douglas City Museum opens a fun new exhibit from the Juno Modern Quilt Guild this Friday, plus other events. And we'll hear about the Juno Library scavenger hunt this Saturday, plus other February events from the Juno Public Libraries. Those conversations, music, and more coming up this hour on Juno Afternoon. This is Juno Afternoon. Just a couple announcements before we begin. Bar Flies returns. Join the Tongass Trout Unlimited Thursday, February 1st from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Imperial Saloon for their first fly tying event of the year. Corey Hansen will be walking folks through the Clouser Minnow. No experience needed. Materials are provided. That's Thursday, February 1st from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Imperial. For more info, you can email tongastu at gmail.com. Also, the Juno School District will be having the following events where there may be school board members in attendance. It's community budget input sessions. There's one tonight from 5 to 6.30 at Thunder Mountain High School. And there's one next Tuesday, February 6th from 5 to 6.30 p.m. at JDHS Yada Akathle Library. And you can also attend virtually on Monday, February 5th from 5 to 6 p.m. Uh, visit junoschools.org for the link. For questions, please contact jessica.richmond at junoschools.org or give her a call at 523-1702. Also, we got to talk about this weather. Uh, another winter storm warning for Juno. Looks like it starts right now at 3 o'clock and it goes all the way until 3 o'clock tomorrow for Juno. Snow accumulation of another 9 to 14 inches are expected during that 24-hour period with winds gusting as high as 40 miles per hour. Be safe. Travel will be difficult and is discouraged unless it is an emergency. We'll be right back with I Draw Slow. Shint Belagam, it yang a tide her 
Absolutely. That was beautiful. Um, why don't you all have a seat at the mics? I'll give you a proper introduction. You're listening to Community Supported Juno Afternoon on KTOO at 104.3 Juno, 91.7 Juno Ock Bay and online at KTOO.org. I'm your host, Boston Christopher. That is I Draw Slow live here in Studio 2K dedicated to Carolyn Hobbs Peterson. They're in Juno for three shows, which are now sold out, but maybe you can get on the wait list, who knows, at the Goldtown Nickelodeon tonight and tomorrow, Wednesday, January 31st and Thursday, February 1st. They were recently in Anchorage and performed for big crowds at the Anchorage Folk Festival. They were formed in Dublin, Ireland, and the group is led by siblings and songwriters Dave and Louise Holden. After a forced break during the COVID-19 pandemic, the band uh, got back together in 2021 and found that they and their music had widened to include 60s pop, cinematic soundscapes, and other musical influences, which we'll talk about, which, along with their signature Irish and Appalachian sound, formed the basis of their latest album titled I Draw Slow. Uh, it's a pleasure to welcome to the studio after basically just stepping off the plane from Anchorage. Um, I Draw Slow. How are you all? I'm so happy to have you here. Um, yeah. How's it going? What's all, what's all that stuff you're saying? <laughs> that is Tlingit, which is uh, one of the languages here in Southeast Alaska of the indigenous peoples. And we're incorporating that language and other languages from Southeast into our programming. So, um, and actually I gave the the singular, I should have actually said, which is, thank you all for being here. Oh. I was going to say that actually. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, which is um, basically, how are you? How's it going? What's up? That kind of thing. So it's all good. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's really, really a pleasure to have you all in Juno. And thanks for coming into the studio right after basically stepping off the the plane from Mm -hmm. Anchorage. Um, And so let's talk a little bit about I Draw Slow. So you formed, as I said, in Dublin, Ireland. But let's talk about the formation of the band a little bit. How did they come together? Obviously, you two grew up together, Dave and Louise. And had you all always been sort of like musically inclined as youngsters? Maybe move that microphone a little bit closer to you there. Dave. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, we were kind of doing different things up until until we were kind of late teens, I guess. And then we started doing things together, you know. Didn't Our, like each other at first? Well, we were kind of jazz <laughs> versus rock for a few years. Oh, a little I bit. See. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was into the harder stuff. <laughs> I can't remember, yeah. actually. But anyway, so yeah. Uh, um, and then we started playing a bit more together. Um, 
got these lads on board. Yeah, then for a long time, nothing happened. Uh-huh. Then we got these guys on board and uh, we were just kind of... Um, uh, sorry, I'm not going very linear with this. We 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 were sort of interested in string band music and Appalachian music. And we started writing in that style, and that's kind of how the band formed. I see. Okay, yeah. And let's introduce everybody. So I know I introduced you two in the in the intro there, uh, Dave Holden, Louise Holden. But who else do we have in the studio here today with us? Adrian Hart on fiddle, and Colin Derham on banjo. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah, um, that's excellent. And then you have one more uh, person who's with you as well, right? We do. We're actually using a, a local local woman, Maridan, is playing bass with us. She's very ably. She can't be here today because she's working. And then our we have an Irish bass player, Conrad. He's working in Dublin. He couldn't make it this trip. Oh, he didn't make it on the tour. Okay, he's yeah, not here. He make this hard. Well, that's yeah. cool like, to in- incorporate different uh, musicians from the local scene. So you probably did that up in Anchorage as well. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. We're 20% Alaskan. Yeah. Oh, wow. We're, we're bonafide. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. That's so good. Um, so, yeah. So it started out and then you all got these all together. And then you, when did you put out your first album? It was like 2007 or eight, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. I, uh, then, Downside yeah. we put out in 2008 I think it was yeah. yeah we recorded that in in the bass player's kitchen in Wicklow and we just did that ourselves and we put that out and that got taken up by a small label in Ireland well, got a well known label but a small label called Clara and they put it out and then when we did our second album um, which we did we did you engineer that album? No. We recorded it in Windmill yeah. Lane. We one. recorded that yeah. one in a bigger studio. Yeah. And Adrian was doing the mixing on that one. Wow. And okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's pretty... Uh, He's pretty bona fide too. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a little bit of an engineering background there, Adrian? I, I'm a professional engineer. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that was that was an early project. Mm-hmm. That was quite an early project, that was, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was one of my early mixes. Yeah, awesome. Okay. And then you had, I think, because I know that I want to talk about this in terms of the, I don't know if it's like a reinvention, but basically with the, um, how do they say, eponymously named album, I Draw Slow. Oh. Did that happen because of the change that I was talking about in the intro? Like you had a little bit of a break because of COVID and then well, you kind of all got kinda, back together? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we basically, when we made the second, the album after uh, Downside Red Hills, um, one of the songs off that, Goldmine, we made a video for and that got picked up by a record label in North Carolina. Yeah, and they brought us over, and that's when we started touring in North America. I see. Okay, and we'd come over a lot, and then we tour, and because we were very interested in that music, and we tour a lot around the southeast in North Carolina and South Carolina, those kind of areas. Uh, a lot of the music was was we would tour a fair bit in the states over the year, going back ten years. Yeah, and then when the pandemic happened, we had to. So we'd put out four albums before that. Um, we couldn't meet up to rehearse. We were just kind of writing separately and we were recording again uh, up in the Dublin mountains there. And it just, I suppose, led to a kind of a different sound, different instrumentation, stuff like that. Yeah. Less just sitting around in a circle playing. And there's nothing wrong with that. I like that. Yeah. In fact, it's nice to do, get back doing it again, you know. Yeah. And and um, so so the, like the influences change. Everybody was like listening to new music or finding different inspirations We were always listening to different or? music. It's just we were very into <laughs> Appalachian, you know. It's, yeah. Um, we just expanded a little bit, I guess. But yeah. Well, I think one of the values we held for a long time was that we would never really uh, produce a recording that we couldn't reproduce faithfully live. Oh, and that okay. was always the approach. Yeah. Um, but 
it seemed foolish to try and pursue that when we couldn't get together and rehearse anyway. So we, <laughs> we hope, so we opened up the palette and the soundscape and we brought in brass and, you know, other kind of you know, piano and drums and stuff that we, we knew we wouldn't necessarily, we would, we would create a stage version of that, but we wanted to go for a, a, an album with that was maybe more cinematic places. Yeah, that's so cool. <clears throat> well, let's talk about the song that you just played. Um, give me the title of that song. Dentil. Okay. And that means? It means my share of life. It's, it's, um, it's a term of endearment in, in Irish. Okay. Is that a, is that a Gaelic expression it or is, is okay. Yes, so it's yeah. Gaelic. So the print, so, and it means my share of life. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and you said it's sort of like a, a term of endearment. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So is, is it something you say to like your love or to your child or to yeah. grandma, anybody, right? Yeah. Right? Anybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah some, okay. Someone you really well, it's about. beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And do you, I know a lot of your songs are um, in English. Mm -hmm. um, do you do, are the, do you have more songs that are in Gaelic or is this sort of a new kind of thing that you were going to add more of that to the repertoire? Yeah, that's well, having toured around America quite a bit and we just were getting asked very frequently, why don't we ever sing in Irish? And mm -hmm. it was such a simple question to ask. And we do all have a bit of Irish because we learned it in school. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, you know, lyrically decided to set myself a bit of a challenge this time around um, and try writing in another language. And I know that it, 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 not necessarily just in music, but also authors and playwrights out down the years have tried that if they want to say something fresh. It can sometimes be fresher and cleaner in a, a second language because it's not so adorned and you maybe don't fall into the traps of cliche and so on. Mm -hmm. And we don't have a lot of straight ahead love songs and I draw slow. A lot of our stuff is quite dark. <laughs> uh, so... I figured if we're going to write a straight ahead love song and have it not sound cheesy, that this might be, yeah. might be the approach. You know? Well, it's interesting because I, you said that you learn Irish in school. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, as we were talking about uh, Flinket here in Juneau, um, just one of the languages here in Southeast. But um, it's, it's one of those things where language revitalization is becoming sort of, you know, really important and really huge. There's, you know, we, we study um, our language here at KTOO uh, and one of the main teachers we had in the beginning was talking about how there's, you know, really less than 200 fluent, really fluent clinket speakers. And so what we're seeing is that the, the youth is sort of, you know, really wanting to pick that up and learn that because mm -hmm. the previous generations, um, the, I mean, the history here is probably similar to things that happened across the pond as well, but, mm -hmm. you know, um, people being pushed down and oppressed and there was a whole, you know, yeah. not wanting to speak their language and not being told not to speak their language mm -hmm. and you must learn English instead and things like that. Is it similar to that? Oh, very much so. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's definitely, um, there's a lot of younger people now getting into learning Irish and there's a lot of kids using Duolingo to learn Irish, which is brilliant because do, do you know, you're familiar with Duolingo. It's yeah. App. It's yeah, like yeah. a app, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I think, um, the way that Irish has been taught in schools has come under a bit of criticism over the years because it's not necessarily taught as a living language. Mm. Um, it's taught as a museum language. It's studying old texts and so on, um, which doesn't necessarily appeal to kids. So in recent years, I think they're starting to come at it in their own guerrilla fashion and they're trying to learn it in a way that's a bit more accessible, you know. I love that. Mm -hmm. And do you think like by having songs that you would perform in that language that it would sort of help people be exposed to that and maybe be inspired? I mean, <clears throat> be big, <it'd> be. <laughs> I'm not sure whether whether our song will, but I suppose it would be nice to feel like we were part of a canon of of, of a generation of musicians who were starting to tap back into that. Mm. Um, 
And certainly like the the, the the theme of the song is, there's a line in the song that says, Bajrik will Dolomur, maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe maybe the way I'm using the language is not entirely correct, but it's coming from the heart. It's coming from a place of um, of authenticity. So I suppose that's that's how a lot of people feel about speaking Irish is that they're, they're just maybe not sure that they're doing it right. And so they're, they'll hang back. So yeah. it's to try and get people to say, look, um, I think, you know, even if you're speaking it badly, it's better than not speaking it at all. <laughs> I, I've found that as as I'm learning it and as <clears throat> other people are learning it, that those who know it are are forgiving mm-hmm. in that way because just the fact that you're interested in learning it. Sure. Um, and really sort of connecting back to the land here in Juneau and the, the people that were here first and, um, you know, and sort of trying to create that relationship and, and and learning that language is pretty valuable, you know, and trying to figure out how to name things the way they were named before yeah. they were named after people that had nothing to really do with the place. <laughs> right. So it's kind of one of those deals. Um, so that, that's, that's really interesting that, that you have that song and it's the beginning of something maybe new. And I love that, that right. you're going to do more of that. So, um, and one of the words in, in Clinket is, uh, which is thank you. So thank you for doing that. Really, gonuf, gonuf um, so I wanted to ask you too about, um, where your, so if inspirations come for the songs, how do you create, you know, songs are storytelling and it sounds like, you know, you said you have a lot of dark material, things like that. Um, where, where do you get ideas? How do you find inspiration? Um, well, story, storytelling is a big part of what we do because it's, it's very much part of the folk tradition. Um, and having, as we mentioned earlier on, having come from different backgrounds musically, having been involved in rock and, and in jazz and in funk and so on and trying to write I, I used to find lyrically it was difficult to write in, in those genres because it's hard to innovate and it's all love songs a lot of the time or mm. songs about dancing, you know, <laughs> which is brilliant, but I wasn't necessarily very good at it. So I, I kind of felt like I started to come into my own writing in the folk genre because it's all stories. And I'm an English major, so that's kind of where I'm comfortable. So characters and story arcs and so on. So we had a lot of those in the early days. Um, and then I suppose as, as as we've progressed as a band, we've moved and branched out a bit. The last album, we mentioned before that it was um, written under different circumstances and it's a little less folky than some of the previous ones. And the lyrics reflect that too. Mm. They're a little bit more contemplative and a little bit more reflective reflective of, what, of what's happening now. So there's a little bit more politics on there. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. um, but as I say, that was that was the fruits of sitting at home. And like we had a, we had a 2K uh, restriction rule for a while in Dublin where you couldn't go beyond two kilometers of your house. So oh. it did something weird to the head in terms of the, kind of where your brain goes to when you're seeing the same things all the time. You know? two, and two, <clears throat> two kilometers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not that far, right? No, it's not very far. No, it's not that far. <laughs> it's less than two miles. Yeah. 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 That is wild. Yeah, yeah, we're on that silly imperial system over here. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 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 I'm so, sure you had no such thing in Alaska as that, but yeah, but we, we all stuck to it. We didn't quite have that, but we did have sort of the six feet when you're seeing a person. Oh, we had that too. Even if you're out on a trail, you know, mm-hmm. you want, and you saw somebody, you would be like wide path, right? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. because we didn't understand, especially at the beginning, how transmittable it was yeah, and yeah, all that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. So yeah, those were some, some weird times. They sure were. Those were weird times. Were. Not that we're not in weird times now, but <laughs> no. you know. Um, so let me ask you about your trip here to Alaska. Is this the first time that all of you have been to Alaska? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were up, were you just, is it Anchorage and Juneau and then home or are you going other places? No. Yeah. It's just Anchorage and Juneau. We, we did a little bit of 
moving around Anchorage just to see some things. Uh, we went to dog sledding and uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, we, yeah, just those two. But Come it's, back in the summer. It's a that's lot nicer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but the only thing is, like, we never see this kind of weather. It's yeah. so traumatic for us that this is actually kind of cooler. Yeah, yeah right, uh, I mean, true. the summer, presumably, I'm sure it's really beautiful and I do want to see it. But uh, seeing that level of snow and that just in Anchorage was just so cold. I've just never experienced anything yeah, like it. Yeah, it's kind you know? of thrilling. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. the, the weather where you're from is, is what is it like? Is it more moderate? Like moderate. <laughs> wet. It's like this wet, before right? it started snowing. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I think we're, I think, I think Juno and I think like England and, and that area is sort of, we're kind of on the same. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be a million it? miles La- away. Yeah, yeah, but we've got the North Atlantic Drift keeping us very temperate and grand. Ah. So we don't get, it doesn't get as severe as here. Even this snow is quite severe for Ireland. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is this is severe for me. I'll yeah, no, 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 fair enough. Yeah, yeah. we don't yeah. get snow that often at all. So it's, it's, yeah, uh, okay. Um, yeah. It tends to just be sort of mild, rainy. Rainy, but it's so green and lush and beautiful. That's because it never there. stops raining. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how it is. That's how you get things that green. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that, is, that is amazing. Well, it's been a really great... Um, trip for you it sounds like sounds like it's the folk festival went yeah great. i mean the people have just been magic as people well. are great yeah. uh yeah. anchorage folk festival was amazing yeah amazing response and uh just the landscape and the people there's a real as soon as we landed in the airport i mean i was saying this just doesn't feel like the rest of the states at all there's a different atmosphere people are different you know that's cool Gunnath Chiesh for saying that. We like to think of ourselves a little bit differently like that. So it's really great. Um, and I know that uh, we're t- this is Juno Afternoon you're listening to. We're talking to the band, the Irish band, I Draw Slow. They have three sold out shows at the Goldtown Nickelodeon, one tonight and then tomorrow as well. You can go to goldtownnick.com uh, for more information on those shows. And I guess you can call Colette and see if you can get on some kind of wait list and see how many people they might be able to pack in there. Um, idrawslow.com is where you can find more information about the band they're everywhere all you have to do is google i draw slow and you will come up with all kinds of links and videos there's some great live performances on uh, youtube and all kinds of places where you can find the band um they've is this was i draw slow is that your fifth album then fifth so album right? yeah fifth yeah. album mm-hmm. yeah okay mm-hmm. um that's amazing that mm-hmm. and so in you tour do you come to the states often to tour yeah I, three, four times a year, maybe. Okay. Because I was watching one of your YouTube performances. I think it was from last fall. Yeah. And, uh, and you had talked about that, you know, touring isn't your favorite thing to do necessarily, or you like to do it in small bits. Is that true still? Or, or do you just do it as you need to? Uh, well, no, we do. We really enjoy doing it. But yeah. because we've got like family and, you know, the usual musician day jobs back in the back right. home, it's not really feasible for us to be away for longer than two or three weeks at a stretch. So we tend to come over for pockets yeah um you know dispersed throughout the years yeah. and do you do you figure it because it seems like there's also i know that um you do a lot of festivals and things too yeah. right so you, do you do you like add dates on to the different like the, kind of like you're doing here yeah a little bit normally what happens is we have kind of we'd call like anchor gigs so you get asked to do a big festival that'll pay quite well and that'll yeah. bring you over and then you 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 we because we've we've been the certain parts of the states we hit over and over again. That's why it's so exciting coming to Alaska because it feels so different. But, uh, you know, there's a bunch of places we often play. So we'll do a mixture between, you know, big festivals, um, 
big theatre concert halls and then we'll also do like house concerts and door gigs in bars and all sorts of things and it kind of keeps it interesting like we were just doing a house concert last night oh wow in Girdwood, in Girdwood yeah. oh you went to a house concert in Girdwood yeah that's so cool yeah. yeah yeah it was great that's yeah. awesome I mean I think I mean your music is so fitting for that right I feel like well this is it we, we didn't need yeah. a microphone yeah. uh, we, we just did it the four of us yeah um, and you know with five albums I mean one of the cool thing about five albums you can kind of sit there and just keep picking tunes and just doing different things the whole time and yeah. you know adding stuff and it, it keeps it a little fresh so um, we uh, yeah that was really nice and then you can do shows like this tonight and then you can do festivals we'd like to feel that we're fairly uh, flexible and um, well it's it's you know. lovely and I know we're going to do one more tune here um, let's talk about the tune a little bit tell us a little bit about that yeah it's, it's another kind of laid back one we're not uh, we're we're still on uh, morning time. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. I appreciate you playing after getting off the plane so fast. No, like it's great. You know what I mean? It's, it's so actually ro- it's better than just kind of see. if we were sitting around, we'd end up in in the bar. In the bar. In the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just looked at this town, going, yeah. "This looks like yeah. a lot of fun." Oh, yeah, dear. we we have a lot of bars here. Uh, it does true. look like a fun town. Yeah, it like definitely it looks, is. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about this song. What so song is this? Song. This is called "About a Bird in an Airport Terminal," and this is one that we came up with. Um, when we were in Dulles International Airport in uh, Washington DC a couple of years ago and there was a bird that flew in as sometimes happens a bird will fly into a, an airport or into a supermarket or whatever and when you see those little guys flying around you know that they're probably not getting out again so oh, there's a sort yeah. of a symbolism to that about what constitutes freedom and you can be flying around and you can be flying around the world but you might not necessarily be you know fully liberated there's yeah. lots of different ways to define that so that's that's the theme. Wow. Wow. That's so good. Well, why don't you guys get set up for that? And I will um, mention everything again. It's I Draw Slow. You can find them at idrawslow.com. Um, you can find the, the shows at goldtownnick.com, which they're playing uh, tonight and tomorrow night, although um, the shows are sold out. So you will have to hopefully get on a wait list, but it's definitely worth it, as you can hear from this band. If you haven't heard them before, um, their music is all over the internet. You can find them online. Um, Spotify, YouTube, and also, of course, go to their main website, idrawslow.com. Coming up next, we'll be talking to the Juno Douglas City Museum. They're opening a new exhibit this Friday from the Modern Quilt Guild. We'll find out about that more next year on Juno Afternoon from KTOO. But for now, let's go out with this song from I Draw Slow. We're just killing time here. Can we talk about the weather? It's uh, as it started snowing yet. I don't know if we can see out the window there. We're hearing a lot of great things about the Juno Folk Festival, so we're hoping to make a good impression. Oh, we would love to have you come back for that. That's in April. It's a little bit, it's not as bad as now in terms of weather. Everybody raves about it everywhere. Yeah, we love the Folk Festival. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So let's let the band get tuned up here. Okay. All right, here we go. I draw slow.
Cause I've been trying to get some distance between your world and mine. But it's a path of some resistance. I'm not free just because I'm flying. And I swore when I left you last time, that was the last time I'd ever leave. If I saw Support for Juno Afternoon comes from Heritage Coffee Roasting Company, providing Juno with locally roasted coffee for over 40 years, with cafes and drive through locations throughout Juno. More at heritagecoffee.com. What we most often hear is bad news about our teens. That alters what we know is true. Most Alaska teenagers are doing positive things. They're volunteers, role models, and much more. Spirit of Youth tells these stories. I am a person who goes to therapy, has diagnosed mental illnesses. That was Cicely Wheelis, recipient of the 2023 Spirit of Youth Lifesaver Award and founder of an initiative called Mind Matters. It's a campaign that focuses on student mental health advocacy and education. 
Her work includes a social media campaign, fundraisers, and working alongside the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. I help people who are my age and experiencing similar things as me. One of the ways Wheelis got the word out about her efforts was through her work as Miss Alaska's Outstanding Teen back in 2021. Each participant who competes for the title participates in community service. I changed my social impact initiative to reflect what I had been going through with mental illness in the past few years. Even after she no longer officially wore the crown of Alaska's outstanding teen, she continued this work. This wasn't just something I was doing because I had a crown on my head for a year. She says if young people open up about what they are struggling with, they may be more likely to find the resources they need. The stigmatization of mental health is not something that should be taken into account when you are thinking about what's best for yourself and your life and your body and mind. For Spirit of Youth, I'm Alaska Teen Media Institute producer Quinn White. Do you know of a teenager making a difference where you live? Take some time right now to nominate them for Spirit of Youth. Get more information at spiritofyouth.org. Your donations bring Spirit of Youth stories to the airwaves. Support for this story comes from Alaska Mental Health Trust. KTOO would like to acknowledge that we broadcast from the homelands of the Akwan. The Glen AD have stewarded this area for thousands of years. Today, our studios sit on a spot, once part of the Tidelands, now covered over with buildings, roads, and parking lots. We recognize those families who traveled to and from these Tidelands to fishing and hunting grounds and the gatherings in other villages, and still cherish it as an important part of their way of life. For today, and for future generations. This is Juno Afternoon from your listener-supported public media station, KTOO. I'm your host, Boston Christopher. This Friday, the Juno Douglas City Museum is opening a new exhibit, Juno Modern Quilt Guild, here to tell us more about that, plus ongoing exhibits and other upcoming events from the City Museum is... Kate Ross. Hi, Boston. <laughs> Hi, Kate. Nice to see you. <laughs> you too. How's it going? Gunnath Cheese, Hai Gudi, Wasa Pretty good. The snow's starting to come down out there. Is it? So I wondered. It really I, I, is. I was supposed to say the, the weather thing I read was starting at three and we got on the air at three, so I didn't know if it's coming I think down it, yet. It was, it was right on the money, I think. It was right about three o'clock. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, Here we go again. 24 hours of snow, <laughs> nine to 14 inches. All right. <laughs> How are you used to it by now? You but know. that doesn't stop us from. Enjoying what will be first Friday, and of course, you have a new exhibit opening. So, tell us a little bit about that exhibit that's opening on Friday. Yeah, so we're really excited to have the Juno Modern Quilt Guild doing an exhibition. Um, it features uh, approximately 35 new quilts, various sizes. There's a, a giant bed sized one, and then there's some that are, you know, kind of small, like. Uh, you'd almost think of it as like, to be in a picture frame on the wall. Um, these quilts were created over the last year by over 12 members of the guild. So there's a lot of different members, a lot of different artists that have contributed quilts. And they're on different themes, too, which is really cool. Modern quilting is something that's um, kind of really taken off in the last uh, five to ten years, I believe. 
and they explore a lot of different themes and um, kind of points of inspiration, like use of negative space and freeform quilting. I'm going to mess up any technical terms I try, so I'm not even going to try, but it's incredible. Uh, I just walked down from the museum and they're up on the walls and they're colorful and beautiful and it's really fun. That's going to be awesome. And that opens Friday and is going to run for the whole month of February? Yeah, that's correct. So yeah, Friday, February 2nd, opening reception from 4.30 to 7 during first Friday. And that'll run until February 24th. February 24th. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you have an ongoing, the mini exhibit is still go- ongoing, right? The the telephone exhibit? Yeah. Yeah. That'll be up for a while. So everyone has a, a good chance to come in and check it out. It's really cool. It's just on the history of telephones in Alaska and specifically in Juneau, of course. And uh, we've got some old phones, some historical phones that are in our education collection that are mounted that people can actually hold and pick up. And there's a little ringer that even works. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> so it's, yeah, it's really fun to see kind of the history. Uh, Juno, I believe was the first place in all of Alaska to have actual phone lines. They started really? as, yeah, they started as mining phone lines as oh. private lines. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's going on. And then what else is happening? Yeah, so coming up pretty quick, we have the deadline for our 12 by 12 community art exhibition. That'll be February 17th is the deadline to submit. And that's just, you have to submit your idea. Do you have to have it finished by the February 17th? You have to have it finished by the following week. Okay, okay. Uh, February 17th is the submission entry form deadline. And then the following week is when artwork will be dropped off. So just a quick reminder for everyone um, that's open to anyone and everyone in the community. We really encourage people to play with it, have fun with it. Your piece just has to measure 12 by 12 inches or by 12 if you make it 3D. 3D is awesome. I know there's been a few of those last couple of years that Mm -hmm. have been pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be the, that's coming up soon. That'll be and our you can get all well, the deadline, the, the like the form and everything is at Juno.org/slash/museum to be mm-hmm. able to sign up for that. Yep, yep. Okay. All the information for that is on our website under okay. exhibit opportunities. Exhibit opportunities. I yes. love it. Okay. Yeah, and our next really fun, exciting thing we have up in February is our big Elizabeth Paradovich Day celebration, Friday, February 16th. So this is something that the museum has done for a number of years, and it's all day at the museum. Admission is free, like always in the winter, but we have a number of cool things going on. Um, We have a scavenger hunt, so you can just come in and we'll have little scavenger hunt booklets that um, geared towards kids, but really anybody can do them. Uh, We will be showing the movie For the Rights of All, ending Jim Crow in Alaska. And then we will also have entries for the Elizabeth Paradovich Day contest from different schools in the area um, that students have submitted. We'll have those entries on display. That sounds really cool. Yeah. And that's on the Friday the 16th, which yeah, is Elizabeth Bratchevich Exactly. Day. So that's all day, Friday, February 16th. Um, we're sponsored by ANS and I believe also A&B Camp 70. Um, okay. So there may be some members from the camps as well around floating in and out during the day and some other fun things. And that sounds so yeah. cool. And did you also have a... Um, a workshop that the guild is the quilting guild's going to do as well. We do. We've just got so much going on. There's so much happening. I just want to make sure we mention that because that's like an interactive thing. That is, yeah. So that is, so let's see. This Friday is first Friday, the second. And that next morning, 
if you can survive, you know, first Friday into Saturday morning, <laughs> <laughs> it will be the presentation by the Juno Modern Quilt Guild, 1030 a.m. And some members from the Quilt Guild will discuss the definition of modern quilting and kind of how their guild came about and the history and where it's going. Um, they'll discuss how inspiration can come from many sources. And uh, during that presentation, I don't know specifics, but I've heard that participants will have the opportunity to create an original piece of art. Well, that's cool. Right? So you you have an opportunity to create something inspired by this presentation from the, the Quilt Guild and uh, take it home with you. So that's pretty fun. So that's on Saturday morning. Yep. And what time does that start? 10.30 a.m. And we will have coffee and tea available as well. And is that, do you have to sign up for it or can you just show up? You can just show up. That's the great thing about the City Museum, yeah. especially as you mentioned. I don't want to forget to mention this because not everybody remembers, but during the winter, mm -hmm. admission to the City Museum is free. It's free. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. We have a number of individuals and organizations that um, very graciously donate uh, the amount of money to cover admissions for the winter months. For February, um, it's uh, Michelle Storer has graciously donated that that admission cost. And so it's, it's great. We're 10 to 4, Tuesday through Saturday, free admission, fun stuff for kids, families, really everybody. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. I love it. And we have this awesome new exhibit opening on Friday. The Juno Modern Quilt Guild is putting together an exhibit. And that's again from 4.30, right? Mm -hmm. 4.30 to 7 during yep. first Friday, February 2nd. And then of course the ongoing uh, mini exhibit, Switch and Exchange, A Brief History of Telephones in 20th Century Juno, which I think is awesome. I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, you have a lot of stuff going on. And then, of course, the big thing to remember, I just want to remind people again, 12 by 12 by 12 or just 12 <laughs> by 12. Those those deadlines are, what's the deadline for that again? February 17th, your submission forms are due. You can okay. email them. You can bring them by in person. You can always call the museum or send us an email and we can help you out. And when is that um, exhibit going to open? In March. In March. Okay, in March. so it's pretty pretty much a, mm -hmm. a good a big big turnaround. Yeah, it is. Yeah, our our wonderful curator will get everyone's submissions and put them all up, and we'll be ready for that March first Friday. Is that'll be the first Friday in March mm -hmm. that we will get to see all those? And that's a wonderful thing because it's just community members getting together and creating art. You don't have to have any experience, right? You can just create whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Is it a juried thing, or does anybody who submits a twelve by twelve is going to have their piece put in the exhibit. Yep. It is open to all. It's not a juried art show. It is a completely open community art show and all mediums are um, allowed as well. So whatever medium you work in, as long as it fits within that 12 by 12 by 12, <laughs> then you're good to go. So highly recommend checking out that uh, submission form. It's really quick and easy to fill out. And uh, and if you have any questions at all, you can always call us or email us. Absolutely. And of course, you can find out all that information at juno.org slash museum. Kate, thank you so much for coming in and give us the February update. And we'll see everybody at First Friday. Support from Hanson Gress. Seeking curious people who like technology, Network engineering and customer support. Opportunities for those who thrive on problem solving. Details at hansengress.com slash careers. This is Bird Note. Most baby birds are adorable little floops, but not all of them. Baby estrel did finches look downright creepy. 
About 140 species of estrildid finches, including waxbills, parrot finches, and fire finches, are spread across Africa, Asia, and Australia. Newborn finches beg their parents for food, mouths wide open. The tongue and palate are strangely spotted and ringed. Most species' chicks have mouth markings in colors ranging from black or white to bright yellow, orange, red, or blue. The function of these markings has long puzzled scientists. Some say that they make baby beaks visible to parents delivering food to poorly lit nests. Others think the markings signal the health of the chicks. And there's a third school of thought. Other birds target the nest of some African finches for egg dumping, sneaking their eggs into the finch's nest. And those foster chicks have similar colorful markings. So perhaps mouth markings evolved due to competition for food between finch babies and those other bird babies. It's not yet settled whether foster babies mimic the mouths of finch babies or vice versa. Either way, they look equally bizarre. For Bird Note, I'm Mary McCann. Listening to Juno Afternoon from Studio 2K at KTOO. I'm your host, Boston Christopher. Scavenger hunts, book clubs, estate planning, chess uh, club updates, and more from the Juno Public Libraries. Joining me now is Margaret Lukey from the Juno Public Libraries to share all about the fun exhibits and events and everything happening this February. Gonna cheese for being here, Margaret. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course, thanks for trudging out in what is beginning to be the next big yes. snowstorm. Yes. <laughs> As, our, our weekly snowstorm, as it seems. Yeah, it seems like right now it's going weekly. Uh, 9 to 14 inches expected between now and 3 p.m. tomorrow. So it's a 24-hour period where, just to remind everybody again, like travel safe. Don't travel if you don't have to, especially as the snow sort of gets uh, deeper and deeper this mm -hmm. evening. Mm -hmm. And your morning commute especially. Be mindful yeah. of that. And if you can work from home tomorrow, maybe that's a good idea. Yep. Um, absolutely. So, But, Margaret, you're here to talk about all the things that are happening in February at the library. And there's a lot of stuff stuff coming up, including this Saturday, a fun little thing, a scavenger hunt. Tell us a little bit about the scavenger hunt this Saturday. Yes. So I think it's our third scavenger hunt that we've hosted at the Douglas Library. Um, and the clues are um, geared towards definitely kids um, of all ages. Um, but adults can come out and have fun and learn things about the library as well. Um, and we put together new clues for each of these events. So if you've come to one of the library scavenger hunts at the Douglas Library in the past, um, you'll find new fun scavenger hunt clues to decode at this um, event on Saturday. So is it about learning about the library with yeah. the scavenger? Like, is it little things that are hidden in yeah. the library? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's like follow the clue to the books about dinosaurs or follow the clue to the books about um, dog training or whatever, you know. <laughs> like, I'm, trying to, 
<laughs> um, and and they're scattered throughout the library. Um, and it is there's an educational component, but it's really just fun. Yeah, it's designed yeah. to to have folks learn where the different sections yeah. are, kind of, yeah. and figure that out. And are yeah. there little prizes or are there little things? The... There's there's little like door prizes, like yeah. giveaways. Yeah, yeah, I see little little something that mm-hmm. you get for completing yeah. it or that you find along the way, yeah. maybe or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Fun. And that's Saturday. It's at the Douglas Library, and it's from one to four. Yeah, and you don't have to be there exactly at one one o'clock. It's a, it's a drop. Oh, it's an open. Thing. It's an open yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, All right. Exactly. I see. Okay. That's awesome. Um, so next I see we have something called get it done. Yes. Um, for those of us, myself included, Me who <laughs> um, have yet to plan their estate, um, we have another um, in person this time, get it done, wills and estate planning workshop. We're partnering again with our friends over at uh, Alaska Legal Services. So there will be, um, there will be, um, professionals, (laughs) (laughs) professionals, uh, lawyers on site that you can ask questions of, um, throughout the entire process. And you'll be able to complete three important, um, estate planning forms during this visit or during this workshop. Okay. Um, uh, so literally come and just get it done and have all your questions asked. Because basically you're saying that if you go to this workshop, you're going to fill out enough forms that you can then file those and they would yep. be considered of record as yep. it were. Exactly. Because I, I know it's a little scary for people, right? Like yeah. to think about, cause you're thinking about your estate or your will and you don't want to necessarily think about death and no. all that silly stuff, but. And you never really think it's going to happen. You don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> um, but you know, with, with life the way it is, you never mm-hmm. know. And it just yeah. even having something is better than having nothing and leaving yes. it for those who are there after you're gone yeah. to have to sort through the mess, especially if you have stuff to make sure that you're giving to, yeah. you know, or that you're willing to either organizations or if you have, you know, sons and daughters or whatever that you're yeah. trying to make sure so they don't yeah. end up fighting about it. Um, it is. I love the title of it. Just get yeah. it done. Just get right? it done. Come and that's going to be Wednesday, February 7th at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. at the Valley Library. You do have a note here that says space is limited. Yes. And so to register, you want to contact Sherry Somerville. At sherry.somerville, that's S-O-M-E-R-V-I-L-L-E, sherry.somerville at juno.org. Or you can call 586-0885 and you can get yourself registered for that because space is limited because I'm going to make sure everybody gets a chance to ask their questions and get their forms filled out for that Yeah, exactly. These are really popular events. We've had, um, so we've done a a couple of them hybrid as hybrid programs, both in person and virtual. Mm. And we've done some um, purely just a virtual workshop. Mm-hmm. And um, I like we've had a couple hundred people Whoa. sign up for the virtual workshop. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, in person, fewer people actually end up attending. But yeah. um, we we don't want to go over fire code, you know. So right, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so we are we are requiring registration for this one, and that's next Wednesday, February seventh at five p.m. Contact Sherry. Dot, that's I should spell Sherry's name too. S H E R I Sherry. Somerville at Juno. Org. Um, okay, what else is happening? Yeah, so um, the next upcoming event is next Thursday. Um, we're having drop-in chess at the Valley Library. Um, it will have 
chessboard set up from 4 to 7.45 p.m. in the Valley Library large meeting room. Um, just come on by. All, all skills, all ages. Um, it's just an opportunity to play chess with some folks in our community and, and hone your skills. Um, that's and then, great. We'll, so that's next Thursday. That's this upcoming Thursday, um, a week from tomorrow on the 8th. And then we'll have another one on the 15th, also a drop-in um, casual gameplay. And then we're hosting a chess tournament on Thursday, February 29th, at, also at the Valley Library, also from 4 to 7.45 p.m. You don't have to register in advance for that one. You can just come on by, but um, you do want to make sure you're there before the start of the second round, I believe. To be able to sign up and mm-hmm. get included. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. Okay. Um, it's okay if you don't make it to the first round, but um, no entry after second round. Gotcha. And there will be prizes for that one. First place is 75. So it's um, gift cards for local food vendors. You get to choose the local food vendor. And the first place is $75. Second place is 50 And third place is 25 That's nothing to sneeze at, really. No, no, yeah. not at all. That yeah. sounds really good. So you want to go, and I guess you could use the 8th and the 15th as sort of, you know, warm-ups. Practice and- Rounds, practice yeah. rounds mm-hmm. get yourself ready for the the event on you said it was on the 29th the yep. tournament mm-hmm. okay and this is all in partnership with um the juno chess club they're mm. a, a newer organization and um they've got a, fa- a pretty active facebook group so check them out juno Absolutely. chess club juno chess club on facebook of course juno.org slash library will have all the calendar of events as well mm-hmm. and then we also have the trailblazers book club yes that um um, like has had a huge, it's very popular. So I wanted to give a shout out to way in advance. Um, our next meeting is going to be on April 7th from 1 to 3 p.m. We're going to meet in the, that cabin at Twin Lakes oh. and walk the trails at Twin Lakes. And the book that we're discussing for that event will be The Sun is a Compass by Caroline Van Hempert. Sorry, Hemmert. Um, and there are copies available to check out at the library, um, and also available as, uh, eBooks on Alaska digital library. So if you prefer an eBook version that's available there, um, so that's all with your library card. Um, and they're often for these trailblazer book clubs, there's a bit of a wait that they become pretty high demand. So I wanted to get the word out early so people had plenty of time to place their holds on that book. Again, that's The Sun is a Compass by Caroline Van Hemmert. And the subtitle of that is A 4,000 Mile Journey into the Alaskan Wilds. That sounds really good. Uh, yes, I haven't read it myself, but I ha- I've known people who have read it and they really enjoyed it. Um, so I I think it'll be a good discussion, and uh, hopefully by April we will be through all the this series of. I mean, I'm not holding my breath, right, but right. <laughs> maybe by well, April. Yeah, we'll see we some, have some sun the and storm. Yeah, well, that, that would be good. <laughs> um, that's so great, and of course that's a great thing to put the word out about that now because. People People can read the book before yeah. you go on this mm-hmm. adventure on April 7th. Yep. Um, and of course, you can follow all that at juno.org slash 
library um, and all these great events that are coming up. It sounds like there's so much happening and uh, it's all detailed at Juno at the juno.org slash library website with the calendar and everything coming up. There's always events at the Valley Library, Douglas Library, and sometimes at the downtown library yeah. as well. Yep. Um, so that's a good thing. Well, Margaret, thank you so much for coming in today and giving us an update on February with the library and hopefully um, travel safe as you um, leave the studio today, yes, please. Yes, you too. And everyone listening. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. We'll be right back here on Juno Afternoon. Oh, my heart. Never be the same again. Not even in the arms of other men. Because an old time song, an old time feel. What it was written for my heart to steal. I'm your little gold mine, I'm gonna bring it all back to you. little gold mine from I Draw Slow. That will do it for today's Juno Afternoon. Have a wonderful, I guess, snowy Wednesday. <laughs> um, on tomorrow's show, join the Black Awareness Association for another episode of Culture Rich Conversations. Tomorrow's topic, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Black History Month. Juno Afternoon airs Tuesday through Friday at 3 p.m. here on KTOO Juno 104.3 and KAUK Juno Ock Bay 91.7. Find the show online at ktoo.org slash Juno Afternoon, where you can listen to episodes, subscribe to the podcast, offer suggestions or feedback, or find out how to be a guest on the show. Our theme music is by Indian Agent. Juno Afternoon is a project of the KTOO Arts and Culture Team. I'm Boston Christopher, producer and host of the program, with help today from Aaron Tripp. Thanks, and have a warm and safe Juno evening.